as entrepreneurs, we want to scale up and build great businesses. One of the biggest challenges, though, is how do we grow it? I mean, we've got this great client experience or widgets that we're doing, and we want to get the rest of the world to know where we are and, more importantly, come raise their hand and to work with us. Well, I have the person you've been looking for. He is not only a serial entrepreneur, he is a marketing guru. Got to know Dean Jackson over the last five years. We're in a number of mastermind groups together and he is my go-to person on getting ideas and ideas are so valuable. We're gonna talk about that. For every one of the successful entrepreneurs here at AES Nation, if you want to accelerate your success, scale up tremendously, you don't wanna miss this. Stay tuned. Ordinary success. No way. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep, think bold, drive hard, watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. So excited to have you here with me today. I mean, you and I are, uh, I, you know, we're at Joe Polish's Genius Network. We're at Strategic Coach. We're at Peter yes. Diamandis meeting together. Yes. And I want to share you with our viewers and listeners because you are, to me, uh, really one of the, the guys I feel very privileged to be with. From uh, uh, you, you understand marketing like no other. So thank you for joining oh. us. Same. Happy to be here. Well, Dean, yeah. One of the things I want to do. I mean, you know. AES Nation is all about successful entrepreneurs really scaling up, and you've got a lot of marketing juice, if you will. But I, I want to have you share a little bit of your backstory because you are, you know, have, have really time tested over the years, and I mean, and you've done it too. I mean, it's one thing to give advice, but you're doing it. Yeah, Maybe yeah. give us a little background of how you got into all this. Yeah, I say it now, you know, this whole, it's all been kind of an evolution and I've been working on this framework that I have for 25 years now. The first 10 years were sort of unconsciously and the last 15 years have been consciously. And so I started out as a real estate agent and, you know, I was so lucky that it's kind of, it's an entrepreneurial thing where you know you're in the results economy and you, you're rewarded for the uh, you know the better that you do the better you do mm -hmm. and so it was a, just a tremendous laboratory for me for developing marketing ideas and uh, you know the one of the big turning points for me was reading Michael Gerber's book The E Myth when it first came out and I got that concept of the duplicatable model, franchise prototype, that concept just resonated with me so much. And so I immediately started applying that to my real estate business and started creating and packaging all the real estate marketing ideas that I was using in my own business so that they could be duplicated 5,000 times. And that was really the beginning of everything and some of the things that I did then are still creating recurring revenue now. It's just been this big collection of continuing to add 
to these packaged processes, you know? So I started packaging up all the things that I was doing in my real estate business and licensing it to other realtors. I, I was started out in Toronto, in Halton Hills. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about just about an hour outside of Toronto. And I created a, a guide to Halton Hills real estate prices, which was something that I would advertise to find buyers. And then I packaged up that system and I created a guide called 40 Great Places to Live Within an Hour of the City. And I licensed that whole system to 40 different real estate agents. And that was the first sort of syndication that I did. And uh, a lot of those realtors that I you know, worked with to create that uh, guide are still clients of our money-making websites uh, business now. So this everything has kind of just evolved from that one concept of creating something that can be duplicated. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's funny as you're saying that, because I grew up, as you know, on the financial advisor side and yeah. uh, really working with very successful people in uh, Silicon Valley. And what happened was I read Michael Gerber's book. Right. And I took it to my partners and I said, this is just so, you know, delivering. You do this. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and we did. And we built some, yeah. you know, a couple billion dollar advisory business and a $25 billion advisory business and became friends with Michael as well. And, and yeah. just, I mean, it, it's one of those things that I think sometimes we forget. You know, it's not only having a, you know, really be able to deliver a great experience. It's not only scaling up, but you got to have the systems in place to make this right. repeatable. And, yeah. and, and Dean, one of the things that I love, because, I mean, you did this all in real estate, but yeah. you're now helping entrepreneurs from so many different niches because, you know, marketing is marketing. We're still working with the same clients, customers, and these methodologies that you have yeah. have just taken off. Yeah. Well, because, you know, part of it, as you're developing as a marketer, you know, I started out as a real estate agent, packaged it up, started licensing the things I was doing to 40 real estate agents, partnered with uh, Joe Stump to build uh, by referral only, uh, which was a, a big mm -hmm. coaching organization for realtors where we were helping 5,000 realtors with the same systems. And all the way along, you start learning and applying marketing to a business that now is kind of two or three pieces removed from actually helping the frontline people. So you're creating something that now we have to attract realtors who are trying to attract buyers and sellers. And so you've got, you know, a whole sort of business evolution there. So you learn different, uh, you learn different well, things. Well, the market is very good about giving us feedback of what's working yeah. and what isn't working. Exactly. But you know, one of the things, Dean, how did you get hooked up with Joe Polish? And cause that's, so, yeah, I met that's you. That's a great story because Joe and I, we have such parallel paths. So um, for people who don't know Joe Polish and I do the I Love Marketing podcast at ilovemarketing.com. And we've got, you know, listeners and meetup groups all over the world. We've had uh, almost 200 episodes of, of the podcast now. And so Joe started out the same time that I did. But instead of being uh, starting out as a realtor, he was starting out as a carpet cleaner. 
and was learning to package the things that he was doing in his carpet cleaning business to teach other carpet cleaners. And that's when we met was when we were growing our info marketing businesses to mm-hmm. help. I was helping realtors. He's helping carpet cleaners. And we met through Dan Kennedy, actually, mm-hmm. somewhere around like 1994, 1995, so 20 years. And the paths that we've had there have just been so parallel. We've remained you know, good friends for those 20 years. And then in 2011, we decided to do the I Love Marketing podcast together to really kind of just package or, or record the conversations that we've been having for, you know, 15 or 16 years at the time. Well, and I, I was there as you were doing it. I was in uh, yeah. the Genius Network. And I remember you guys saying, we're going to start a podcast and just talk to each other. And I'm going, how is that going to work? And, you know, right. it's, it's worked pretty well. <laughs> it's worked pretty well because we have really great conversations. Yeah, no, this um, is this is one of the things that I think sometimes we get caught up in creating content as yeah. entrepreneurs. We understand the power of content and marketing, but gee, some of the insights and you know, Dean, I, I've shared with you. You know, when I go jogging or I'm working out, I mean, yours is one of the uh, my favorite podcasts because you guys. Ha- I mean, there's just so many insights going back and forth, and guests you have and and lessons be learned, you know, no matter where you are. I think part of the thing is, John, that we're, we're providing field reports. You know, it's not book reports. I mean, it's not, we're just not yeah. learning stuff and, and presenting stuff. I mean, we're actually, we're doing it every day. We're out, you know. And so the, the, we're continuing to learn and evolve and develop as, as marketers ourselves. Well, and what I love, and you know, you and I've been in enough meetings that I know enough people are coming over to you, giving you hugs and thank yous for some of the ideas that they've been able to execute on, you know, in the various forms. We'll talk about how you provide these services, but I mean, it's, it's a big deal. And you know what I'd like to go and, and talk about, because, you know, we get marketing's got kind of a, you know, we're not sure many of us as entrepreneurs, how to leverage it. And Mm-hmm. And particularly as we start having success, you know, in today's world, I mean, it's, it's confusing as heck because we've got so many outlets we can market and all these social media and paid traffic and direct yes. mail and everything else. Yeah. And we know if we, you know, we hear of all these success, how, how would you start thinking about for, you know, somebody, I mean, most of the entrepreneurs here are, you know, between five and a million of revenue and uh, maybe a quarter of a billion dollars of revenue. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're having success, but they know they're capable of a lot more and there's a, they're frustrated. And particularly when they look over to their buddies who are doing a better job at marketing and mm. don't have as good, you know, at least in their mind, don't have as good yeah. as experience. Yeah. H- how do you start, you know, helping somebody like that, Dean? Think well, about I it. Think just like what you said earlier, there's so many things that we can do and that a lot of times entrepreneurs get caught up in just doing the new thing and running over here and doing this thing. They're focused on all of this content without an overriding context. And Mm -hmm. so what I've focused on is developing a context, a marketing operating system that's universal, that is, you know, applies to 
all businesses, but manifests differently in a chiropractic business or a manufacturing business, but they still have the same overriding context. And so what I do, the way I look at it is to break a business into three distinct units that we call the before unit, the during unit, and the after unit. And just briefly, the before unit is if you can imagine it, as a separate unit of the business that's only responsibility is to find people who want to do whatever it is that your main business does. Right. And the during unit is the unit of the business that actually delivers the result that you, uh, that you have, whether it's a manufacturing business, a restaurant, a retail um, environment, whatever it is, while people are consuming whatever it is you do, that's all part of the during unit. And then the after unit is about nurturing lifetime relationships with the people that already know you like you, trust you, that have already done business with you, and to um, you know nurture that lifetime relationship and orchestrate referrals. And so if you look at each of those units, just mm -hmm. overlaying that on any existing business and drawing those lines and looking at the metrics separately you can use it both diagnostically to see where the opportunities are, but you can also do it to um, see how the business is doing right now. Well, and, and I love this framing. It's been very useful for me. I, I use it actually with my group now. And, you know, and it's just, a, it's clear cut. And it's very straightforward. And one of the things we, we were talking before, we turned on the camera and you had brought up, John, you know, talking with these successful entrepreneurs, boy, just one idea you can leverage. And I was sharing with you, well, Yeah, I mean, I've leveraged many of the ideas, Dean. I, I owe you many dinners, any city you want uh, with <laughs> your ideas and then some. And But it's because you, know, you can execute on these. So I, I want to go to the before unit mm -hmm. and start talking. You know, what are you seeing successful guys who are running really hard? Maybe let's talk about the things that they're struggling with that they shouldn't struggle with maybe you know they're making some costly mistakes you know. yeah i think that you know to if you don't mind to start with identifying where the mistakes arise mm -hmm. it starts in the during unit everything radiates from the during unit so whenever i'm going into any situation i look at it and i say okay let's just break it down here to what is the result that you are the best in the world at delivering. You know, if you can define what it is you do, if the result is that you you're uh, you have restaurant concepts that, uh, and the result is that you create uh, magnificent environments with terrific food and, and people love that. That's kind of the during or the yeah the during unit. That's right. what you do. Or if you're a financial advisor, that you help people create plans that will beat the S&P, that will protect their money, that will grow their wealth, that will do whatever it is you do. When you look at that and you really define crystal clear what it is that you do mm -hmm. and kind of asking yourself this clarifying question of what would you do? if you only got paid if your client gets a result. 
And that really, even if you don't say it out loud, and I don't recommend that people say it out loud at first, <laughs> just say it silently and ask yourself and say, what would we do if we only got paid if our client gets a result? Helps you identify what the result is that you're confident in being able to deliver. And it also helps you start to narrow down the particular types of people that you can help the best because the first thing that you're going to do if you if you're even entertaining that thought mm -hmm. of I'm only going to get paid when they get a result you're going to want to stack the deck in your favor that you're only going to help people that you know that you can get the result for and that is the driver of what you're going to build your before unit on is yeah. you're going to build the before unit on identifying who is your ideal target audience first just pick one of those people. Well, and that's I, going to that's going to really drive. Yeah, it. I love it, Dean. Because what happens is, you know, you know, so often we get caught up where we're the best at whatever it is that we do, yeah. and we can't even explain what what it is we do. <laughs> and then, and then if we had a guarantee that we were going to get results, yes, that's a wow because. All of a yeah. sudden now, we're, we want to game the system, as you said. We want to get really clear. We can serve these people. They'll get these results. Right. And, and, and more often than not, once we've told somebody that we're great, what I, I find so many entrepreneurs do is they start talking about the process. And, yeah. that, and, that, and that's, I, I agree with you 100%. They start diving into now, okay, we got to do Facebook, we got to do print ads, and we got to do pay-per-click and SEO and all these things that are not really as useful until you know the context of why you're doing them. So when I get people to identify what the result is, who the ideal client for that result is, and then two things, what your capacity to deliver that is, what is how many can you help? Are there constraints that you're dealing with? I mean, if, you, if you're a restaurant, the physical constraint would be that we only have this many seats, right? So if you could fill it to the rim, then that's great. But if you're selling digital products or something where there's no uh, physical constraint, then you've got kind of a, a open runway. But when you figure out how many you can help, and how much you can afford to pay to get them. I always look at it, the before unit, I look at as a vending machine. If you could set it up like a vending machine, if, if there was some magic button, and maybe Peter Diamandis at Abundance uh, can figure out, maybe they can figure this one out. But if you can describe your ideal target audience mm -hmm. and how much you can afford to cheerfully pay, right. to line them up at the door of your during unit, that's where now we've got the context to start figuring out what's the best way to to get those people for that cost. Well, and, and Dean, you know, I mean, if, I, I think every entrepreneur, I mean, I, I, I look at it and I, I even think of it almost as a slot machine of, that I yeah. know is going to win every time because if I right. know if my client acquisition cost you know, is X and I can make two X. Let's make it even, yeah. I might keep on pulling the, the machine. You, you just, that's exactly the, just, I use that analogy a lot. Most entrepreneurs. I probably heard they, it from you first. 
Well, most of them play it like a slot machine where it's unpredictable. They put it in. Yeah. Sometimes they win, sometimes they don't. But when that's why no, I want the slot machine. That is, okay, I, I get now. I get. It. I want it to work machine, every single time. You put the money in, and you get what it is. So if you could picture a lady on the vending machine that says, "I want a." Uh, you know, if your target audience is somebody with a $5 million net worth who's three or five years away from retirement, who's, uh, you know, if you can define that and you say that I'm willing to spend, how much well, would you think they would be willing to spend? $1,000, $2,000. A couple of thousand dollars pretty quickly. Absolutely. So if you'd say uh, every time, if I could set up a system that every time I put in $2,500, I get one of these guys as a client that's going to be worth $25,000 up front and then ongoing to me. That's, that's the predictability that you want. And well, that's what we're really Well, and one of the things that I've, you know, working with you and others, Dean, that has been my big surprise. You know, I, I used to do the marketing you know, kind of like this, you'd, you'd lick your finger, see the way the wind's blowing. Yeah. Uh, financial services was profitable enough that we would just, yeah. you know, we could spend money and, you know, overall it would work. And then, then all of a sudden hanging out with, you know, I might call you direct response people. And it really, it's yeah. a result oriented marketing is that you can, with today's world, with all the digital tools, you can actually do everything we're talking about and get it to the penny. It's not even that hard uh, to do. I Absolutely. Yeah. That's what's so great. And when you really, when you define what that is and you imagine it as you're, you're, you own the, uh, the before unit, mm -hmm. that's only client is you, your during unit, you know, that their whole task is to deliver as many as you can, uh, many as you have an appetite for a capacity for that they're delivering them to you for the cost that you uh that you find you know well, I, I mean and and the nice thing in today's world is so many people are doing it poorly mm -hmm. that you can make a pretty good margin you know an arbitrage the difference between yeah. the cost of acquiring a client and delivering that service and deliver a tremendous value to them and the yes. market rewards you for that so i mean let, let's kind of go you know what we want everybody listening here is to have an unfair competitive advantage Right. And you call it dominating the market. And, and, yes. and that's what we want to do. And so we got to know who the market is. And the way we what I'm hearing from you is we go and we take we've got clarity on our experience. Then we who we're kind of gaming the system because we want to have great results. So we're going to yes. identify the clients, the experience, and then we're going to go out and we're going to be fairly neutral to you know what are tools or message that it's going to take to generate that client. But then we can, what do we, test, Dean, to come up with the right formula? Yeah. Because there's so yeah, many absolutely. options out there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's part of the thing. It's like, you know, I look at it that you're, you know, under that before unit, once you've identified who that target audience is, the next thing we want to do is we want to compel them to raise their hand, to start a conversation. Right. So we have to really understand what is driving them? What is it that they really mm -hmm. uh, are searching for? You know, if they're searching for something, even better than if we have to go and convince them to be searching for something. We want to tie in with what they already have on their mind, what's already uh, 
you know, on their radar that they're searching for. And so getting in front of them, you know, it's a difference. I always look at if you can find um, visible prospects versus invisible prospects, it's, it's sometimes easier. If you can get a list of your ideal uh, audience, like for, for us, it's easy to get a list of real estate agents. That's mm-hmm. our ideal uh, target audience. Right. For real estate agents, the list of people who are thinking about buying a home are, is an invisible list. You can't get a list of somebody who's thinking about doing something. So you have to get in front of the ones who are and get them to raise their hand by having a compelling advertisement, a compelling offer that gets them to say, oh, I I want that. And by saying that, they're identifying themselves as somebody um, who could be an ideal prospect for you. And now you start educating and motivating those people. And I separate the two, you know, there's a difference between compelling and convincing. And most of the time when people start doing advertising, the thing that they're trying to do is convince people rather than just compelling them to raise their hand. And then spend all your time then convincing the now visible. Well, and, it's, and they've made themselves visible. They've raised their hand. And what I yeah. love about this, Dean, is... You know, I think that separation of convincing, you know, people are trying to sell right from the beginning. Yes. And what we, you know, marketing to me is creating an environment conducive to selling. And, and the way yes. you do that is starting a conversation right. and getting people, you know, that are telling you that they're interested in the results that you can get to raise their hand, that you can start yeah. a conversation. You know, right. I mean, every entrepreneur here is, you know, it's almost, we have to be careful we're not drooling because that that's it. That's what we really want yeah. to do. I agree, 100%. Well, so let's take it. So, you know, we got the before unit. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to have something. We're going to stop trying to be convincing. We're going to be, we're going to really identify, you know, the market segment we can best serve. We can get the results for. We're going to go ahead and craft a very compelling offer that's consistent with the results that we're going to get to start a conversation and we're going to facilitate that conversation through the during unit as we deliver it the experience now it goes without saying you got to deliver a great experience because you have to be able to get the result as if this is where asking that clarifying question of what would you do if you only got paid if your client gets the result because if you can't deliver the result, that's going to be the limitation to getting to growing your business successfully. No matter what, even if you don't overtly guarantee the result, you still have to get the result for people. And so, you know, you can't hide from that. No long-term, sustainable, growing, phenomenal business is able to do that and sustain that growth without being able to deliver. Well, and and, you know, what we all want is referrals from our existing clients or introductions, whatever we call it. sets it all up. And if you can't deliver the results that you promised, they're not going to share you with their friends. On the other hand, if you do, they want to share that experience because it's been invaluable to them. That's right. Well, so Dean, tell me about in the after unit, you know, one of the things that we talked a little bit about is, the lifetime value of client, you know, what we're talking, how can we use marketing then through these three steps to yeah. really 
maximize the return on investment? Well, see, here's the thing is that what you've got, the opportunity that you have in your after unit is you're on the right track, is thinking about it as a metric. And I call it return on relationship. And so right now you've got some number of people, every business has this, some number of people who are uh, currently in your business, if it's an ongoing recurring type of relationship or financial advisors might have uh, clients money under management mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, whatever it is, people who already know you like you and trust you. Now, that group of people, you've got two opportunities to continue to add and serve and develop new ways to add value to them and you've got the opportunity to orchestrate referrals from that group of people to introduce new people into your business. So we look at it in the real estate world, this will work in the financial um, advisor world, is looking that uh, we, I like to think of it as managing your relationship portfolio for a 20% annual yield. Mm -hmm. And so, for most real estate agents, for um, um, financial advisors, we're in a personal service uh, type of business where you have a personal relationship with people. Most people know or have those, that kind of a relationship with maybe 150 people. And maybe whoever, whatever the number is that people know you um, and have that relationship with you, if you know, you're looking at managing that relationship portfolio as a valuable asset for a 20% annual yield, that means that, you know, one time in the next five years that somebody either does another transaction with you or refers somebody to you. And that's, that's the way, that's all it takes to get a 20% annual yield on that relationship portfolio. And the, the numbers on that are just, Huge. No, it's, I mean, it's it's really the best way of growing your business. And yeah, you know, I, I want to encourage everybody to you know really download the transcript and just read this a few times because it's such <laughs> a simple concept. But I got to see over and over again, you know, entrepreneurs aren't doing this. And you know, one of the things that I hear, Dean, is that they struggle with. Okay, I, I get it now. I got to do some messaging, um, yeah. but I'm not sure how. And I want to go to the next segment, which is. And, you know, creating, I love doing thought leadership pieces. I do a lot of them. I think you do more of them than I do. And, and you create the systems and process to do it. I, I'm going to pull up uh, for uh, the viewers who, can, who are not listening but are watching the podcast, Dean, your, your 90 minute book. Because oh, I think yeah. this is a big breakthrough of. Right. You know, what entrepreneurs can do and maybe just talk about how you're doing it and what what you're making yeah. happen here. Well, that's, you know, in the before, you know, one of the things that is the well, it's the most compelling thing that I've ever seen in terms of opt in rates or generating new lids is to is to offer a book. And so I've known that for years. I've done lots of uh, books like that for myself, but then we set up a, um, uh, 
an organization that helps entrepreneurs write books in just 90 minutes of their time. Because I set up that process for me, where we do uh, transcriptions of the of uh, talking, you know, of interviews that are just so um, easy to package as a book, you know. And so that whole process of realizing that in marketing, when you're using a book as a marketing tool, the things that I've discovered that make it valuable are you've got to have a book. You got to have a title that upon reading it, the person that you want to be in a conversation with says, oh, I want that book. Mm -hmm. And you got to have a way for them to get it. Now, when you get those three things in place, it does not matter. They don't know or care whether a book is 50 pages or 250 pages when they're asking for it. What they're making the decision on is that You've offered them a book and it's got a title that they are interested in. And it's just amazing. It's life-changing because when people ask for a book, I don't care whether they ever read it and neither should anybody who writes a book care whether they read it because the reality is they're not going to read it. I've been asking, it's so funny, We've, we offer this 90-minute book and the 90-minute book is you is created using the exact process that we uh, that we use to uh, create books for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I've been just anecdotally asking all the the authors that we go through the process with to help them create a book. And John, eighty percent of the authors who we've helped write books, who downloaded the ninety minute book and decided to, hire us to do the 90-minute book for them, 80% of them never read the book. Yeah, no, it's, they, It doesn't matter, right? It's like they saw it, they get it, I want that, sign me up. I mean, it's just that kind of thing. And that's the way that you need to look at it, um, that that's the way your clients are going to be too, right? Your ideal clients, if you oh. hit the right chord, if you resonate with them, then all just asking for it. as soon as they ask for it the book has done its job it's gotten you in that conversation with an otherwise invisible process no, it's, it's such a powerful and easy to do and that's why i wanted to bring it up is it's a i do every week in uh, one of my businesses in the financial services side we do webinars with financial advisors and almost always one of the downloads available is an ebook same yeah. with if you go to aesnation.com, we have an ebook called The Accelerator, the best 20 podcasts over the last 90 days. And it's, you know, these type of things are just, I mean, they uh, really yeah. hundreds and thousands of people raising their hand for our various businesses through this. So I yeah. want to encourage everyone. Let's go to the next uh, segment, which is the app of the day. I love this. Yeah, song. I know. We spare no money here. <laughs> <I appreciate it. laughs> yeah. uh, well, why don't, Dean, what do you recommend to your fellow entrepreneurs for an app for on your smartphone? Yeah, I love Win, Win Street. I love Dan Sullivan's uh, app, Win Street. Right, let me uh, just pull it up on you can You'll get a free download, obviously, from app and also from the Android store. But why do you love this? Well, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're, we've got to be 
positive focused and you know you got to keep that momentum going and i just love the thought of ending the day with thinking a positive focus of what were your three wins today i mean that's such a great way to kind of end the day and then to think and project forward or what are my three wins going to be tomorrow and it's kind of a great way to to the the day as you're going to uh, to bed you set your mind on a positive intention for the next day um, and it's just so simple you know it's just it's my it's part of the ritual of shutting down my phone for the day you know as I'm, I'm uh, winding down I don't even keep the phone in my uh, room now I move it out because it, that was something uh you know, I heard from somebody to move yeah, our, out from Ariana Huffington told us we can't have it in the bedroom. <laughs> so, yeah. So part of that shutting down process is I do one final check of everything and then I spend, um, you know, just a couple of minutes and think, what were my three wins? And what are my three wins going to be tomorrow? Shut it off and off I go. Yeah. It's, no, and it's it, it's that I love the title win streak, too, because you're yeah. by doing what you're doing, you're creating that win streak. And it doesn't mean that. There aren't some negative things that happen in a day, but there's a lot of positive things in every one of our days. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Let's go to the next is resources. And I want to hit on two that you're doing, Dean. I mean, okay. one, um, I, you know, I meet so many fellow entrepreneurs who are joining you. And let me pull it up here. Uh, on your, uh, you know, your Breakthrough Blueprint uh, yeah. program. And you're, you're knocking it out of the park. What What is this? And this is at Breakthrough dna.com and again we'll have all the links at aes nation but dean yeah. tell us a little bit about what you're doing here well, that's where you know i mentioned the framework the architecture that I've, I've been creating and it's all revolves around that breakthrough dna process and i call it that because the eight profit activators that we talk about in the before during after are like little dna cells and they're universally present but they manifest differently in every business. So, um, you know, creating that architecture, that framework for, for people, giving them a systematic way to think about breakthroughs is, uh, you know, gives people a common language. So I've been doing live events all over the world where I'll do uh, 12 people in a uh, boardroom style event and go to, uh, London and Sydney and most of them I do in Orlando and Toronto um, but doing you know spending time architecting breakthroughs for people using that same uh, using that same system yeah. there's a great video on that breakthroughdna.com website that's a, a one-hour video that kind of does a really great uh, job of, of introducing that that concept and then, of course, the book, the Breakthrough DNA book, they can download that right there, Breakthrough DNA. Well, I'm definitely encouraging all of you to download, take a look at the video. And and if this is, I mean, Dean is a master. I've had the privilege of sitting next to him in many meetings, and he's been kind enough to uh, provide me a little guidance over the year. And just uh, and I see so many other entrepreneurs that, you know, Dean is the marketing guru in a group of marketing experts. But the, the other thing that I love, and it's kind of a fun project that you and Joe did on bringing out marketing, you know, maybe let me put it up on the screen, but tell, tell the, the listeners and viewers, you know, boy, 
you guys have made this is kind of taken off a bit from hey let's yeah. record our conversations right right the i love marketing podcast is what it's you know what it just it brings me joy it's one of those things that's like you know joe polish has this idea that you know business would be easy lucrative and fun elf business mm -hmm. and that's really what the I Love Marketing podcast is. I mean, we've been friends for over 20 years now. We have these great conversations. We have, um, you know, I, I always describe it as the perfect balance of respect and disrespect for each other that it kind of, we're not, we don't always see things exactly the same way, but that just adds to it, I think. it's uh, So what we do, um, we do bring out the best in each other in that uh, in that kind of an environment and you know joe is just a phenomenal marketer phenomenal networker better than anybody in the world that i know uh in this world anyway in the in the uh you know in the business uh network uh direct marketing world and so we just have a, a great time. We've had great people. We've had um, Tony Robbins on twice, Richard Branson, uh, John Paul DeJoria. I mean, every, all the best-selling authors you can think of. I mean, it's 200 episodes closing in on. Yeah, no, it's, it's a phenomenal. And I mean, you know, this, Dean, uh, let me go to the last segment, which is key takeaways. I just want to share some of the key takeaways that I have. And I, I got a few pages of notes here. So, but, and I've heard most of this before, but it's always like, and I hope everybody listening and watching is getting this. This is, there's so much. And, you know, the, the simplicity of, if you've already got a successful business, the value of ideas is just huge. I think for me, you know, a good idea that I'm willing, as a matter of fact, I don't execute on an idea unless I think it's worth at least $500,000. And, and that's, you know, for each of us, you know, we've got to have some filters on this, but there's so many good ideas that were just dropped all over the place by Dean. And the big thing, though, that I want to focus on is the before, uh, during, and after. And Dean, you know, I would encourage everyone to go to the show notes and to really spend some time in thinking about, okay, what am I doing to who to get the results that I want. You know, get real clear on the audience that you're going to do. And I love the uh, analogy that Dean had of, you know, that guarantee. You may not say it not loud. You might not put it in your marketing, but I'm guaranteeing the results. Okay, who are you going to work with? The game systems. How are you going to create the compelling message to motivate them, to inspire them, to raise their hand, to take action with you, to explore whether you're the right one to help them delivering that great experience so that you're referable. And then the after unit to really recognize the true value of relationships. I mean, Dean, this is so valuable. I wanna thank you for taking the time with us today. I wanna encourage everyone out there, you know, your clients, your future clients, they're all counting on you. Go out and execute. Best of success. Awesome, thanks. Exceptional. Remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.